Hi there, and welcome to the Wayback Music Machine podcast. This is the show that takes a light-hearted look at the week that was in rock and roll history. I'm Tony Stewart. I'm Aaron Badgley. And Aaron, we've got a barn burner today for people. What are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about people we've never talked We're talking about the Kinks. We've never talked about the Kinks that much. And uh, a really interesting piece of their history. Uh, maybe some uh, Bill Haley. Why not? And Springsteen. Yeah, that's going to be great. So we will be right back, folks. This is Road Trip 73. So hold on to your hats and buckle up. So, Tony, I can't tell you, a lot's been happening in the last, uh, I guess, seven days. But most importantly, not maybe most importantly, but we, we recorded our first show from Memphis to Merseyside for Bombshell Radio. And there's another bombshell. There's a big announcement. What's the other announcement about Bombshell? Yeah, the other announcement is that this podcast is also going to be on Bombshell Radio starting not this Wednesday, but next next week on Wednesday night. Isn't that cool? We got two radio shows on Bombshell, and two weeks ago we didn't have any radio shows. <laughs> no, that's uh, so we are taking over the world one listener at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Picky in the brain, you're the brain. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to spend the weekend together. You guys came and visited uh, beautiful Perth here. I was just going to mention that, I was, and you were the perfect, you and Cynthia, the perfect hosts, and uh, what a beautiful, beautiful, t- and oh, by the way, everyone, Luna the Cat, love her she uh attacked my feet regularly but i love her and lucy but no perth is just astoundingly beautiful i'm thinking that we should use the show's uh instagram account to you know have luna pictures up there once in a while a hundred and ten percent a hundred and actually pictures of perth we went to stewart park which i guess is no relation to you but uh what a beautiful park tony just gorgeous isn't that incredible and, and right in beautiful. the middle of a little town like this it is uh, breathtaking yep yeah, and I even managed to get some rare records too, so there you go. Yeah, it was a great weekend. So we are heading back to October the 24th in New York City, 1970. And I couldn't believe either that we have not talked about the kinks yet on this show. We're 73 episodes in. I think we, you know, we may have mentioned them in passing, but Lola, which is a great song, peaks at number nine in the US, and it's their first top 10 since Tired of Waiting for You back in 1965 but there's a whole backstory to this isn't there yeah because see the, the first of all it's very rare for a band in the 60s to go from having no hits to a hit after having hits like they're kind of that's not common but they were banned from playing in the u.s from 1965 to 1969 and to this day there's no clear and i've just read dave davies new book and he still doesn't know why they were banned but they could not perform live. Uh, the American Federation of Musicians refused permits to the group. So, Tony, you know what that meant was that they couldn't even appear on Ed Sullivan or American Bandstand. They, they had no exposure other than radio in America. Now, what was the, the AFM? What was their stance on it? Why were they not giving them permits? Well, they were talking. It, it happened after their first tour of America, which, by the way, was a bit rowdy. Um, <laughs> and it was basically, they, they said it was due to their behavior on stage. Okay. Um, and there was that famous or infamous Dick Clark TV show where the action is where Ray Davies, and he talks about this in his autobiography, 
um, said some guy who worked for the TV company walked up and accused us of being late, which ended up into a bit of a fisticuffs after the the guy said, you know, just because you're British like the Beatles doesn't mean you could be, <laughs> be, be late. And I guess Ray, who has a wee bit of a temper back then, uh, threw some punches, and and uh, I think that's where it started. But it killed their career because up until up until '65, they had a number of top ten hit singles. I, you know, you really got me, all the day and all the night, all the songs, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, nothing in America, nothing. And it's interesting, isn't it? Though you know, here's another example. We talk about this on the radio show, uh, but the reactions to rock and roll were so vocal and so angry. Uh, you know, society could feel that things were changing. And I think there's a lot of pushback. Even you look back at, uh, I was just uh, researching payola in depth because I find that whole era fascinating. But, you know, uh, one of the guys who was a, was a big member of the uh, AFM, the American Federation of Musicians, I can't remember his name now, but he was a Tin Pan Alley composer. And he was upset that he wasn't getting any work anymore because everything was going to... Uh, guys who are writing rock and roll tunes, you know, and, and, and he contributed tons of evidence to the inquiry into payola and, and nearly killed rock and roll in the process. Well, the address moved from Tin Pan to Brill Street, the Brill building mm-hmm. and, and the Brill building took over for, you know, where the Tin Pan Alley left off, they took it up and you're right. There was a lot of, um, even in the sixties, there was still a tremendous amount of pushback against rock. And of course, when the Beatles came with their quote unquote long hair mm-hmm. and the stones and the who, I mean, the British invasion. Now there was a lot of American musicians who resented the British coming over. And, uh, well, I think that still happens today. If you look at what's being played in America, they tend to go for American artists, right? But. Yeah, you're right. It was it was quite a, a scene, and unfortunately, the Kinks got caught in the crossfire. And I always thought it was interesting that Lola, of all songs, became a hit. Yeah, because of the subject matter. I thought, wow, that you know, whatever. But okay. Now I'm just going to put something out there too. Is that I think the British invasion may have fizzled if it wasn't the Beatles who started it because they were so disarming with the press, right? I mean, everybody wanted to hate these guys before they got here. And then when they got here, they, you you couldn't help but like them even begrudgingly. Right. Well, you know, this is the thing. And a lot of, a lot of old newspaper people actually said that later on. They said, we were told to go out and write a horrible story about these guys, but then they couldn't even write bad reviews about the albums because they'd be playing, you know, meet the Beatles. And then till there was you popped up. And even if you love the forties and fifties, how could you hate till there was you? Or all my loving, and mm-hmm. and they they really tried hard to hate the Beatles. And you're right. I mean, those press conferences are I mean, so funny. Are, oh, I mean, my my favorite one is um, when when they said to Ringo, "Do you like classical music?" And Ringo goes, "Yeah, I love Beethoven, especially his poems." <laughs> <laughs> but they were so quick off the draw. Like, they were fantastic in interviews. You oh, know, I mean, I, again, I I think we've talked about this, Tony, but you know the the whole John Lennon one. How'd you find America? Turn right in Greenland. Or turn left in Greenland, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or was it Harrison who made the comment, what do you call it or whatever? Like Arthur. Was that Harrison who said yeah, that? The yeah, the hairstyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> so how could you not love these guys? And, and I think you're right. I think, And the other thing the Beatles did, unlike any other British band, was they kept exploring and experimenting. So 
it allowed for other bands to kind of keep exploring. And because, you know, if you look at I Want to Hold Your Hand, 64, and in 1965, they're playing I Feel Fine with Feedback at the beginning. And then by 66, they're doing Paperback Writer. Yeah. That allowed the Who and the Kinks and the, and the Stones and all those other British bands who survived. Because some didn't. I mean, Jerry and the Pacemakers fizzled out after a year or two and Freddie and the Dreamers and all that. But, um, Great stuff. And, and the kinks, though. You know, are you a fan of the kinks? I love the kinks. But I was going to, before we move on to that, I was going to say, did you see what we did there? Is we ended up making it all about the Beatles once again. It's uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's, in, it's, in, it's it's in my DNA, man. I think me too, you know. <laughs> so now they didn't hit the top 40 again, right? Until 1977 with uh, Rock yeah. and Roll Fantasy. That made number 30. And then... Mm-hmm. 84, yeah. Come Dancing. Well, I remember when Come Dancing came out. That was a great song. But do you remember when Come Dancing came out? And I don't know about you, but I, I almost didn't believe it was the same kinks. I didn't either. Like, no. So like, different. This is not this is not the same matter that you really got me 20 years ago, is it? No, exactly. I love, do you love Come Dancing? I think it's one of my favorite songs. Oh, it's a great song. I And I, well, because I remember it. Uh, I was a teenager when it came out, right? So, and it was played everywhere. It was a fantastic yeah. song. Great song, and then uh, from the, the from the same album, they had their last. That was their last top ten hit single, eighty four. It's hard to believe. Um, and then in, in the same year, they had their last top forty, which was a beautiful, beautiful song called "Don't Forget to Dance." Um, I love the Kings. I, I've seen them in concert a couple of times. I think I've seen them four times. Oh wow! I've seen Ray. Da- I got to tell you, can I tell you a quick funny story? Yeah, absolutely. So Ray Davies was doing a solo show here in Toronto and I had front row seats and I brought an album he did called Return to Waterloo. And as he's finishing up, I, I go, Mr. Davies, can you sign my album cover? And he grabs it and he goes, Oh, you're the one, are you? And I went, pardon? He goes, you're the one that bought the album. <laughs> <laughs> I love when guys are self-deprecating like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote, he wrote on their cover. Thanks for buying this Ray Davies chair. You know, it's so funny. Like he just, <laughs> That's awesome. I hope you've got that displayed prominently somewhere. I, I will. I'm going to frame it and put it up in our record room, but yeah. it's, it's, it, he's, he was, it was lovely, but, um, so yeah, good old Ray, but, uh, I love the kings. Love, 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 love. Now let's take a look at your chart here. This is the top five singles in the USA. And this is a great chart, actually. I mean, fam- well, it is. And what's interesting is that, so Lola peaked at number nine. So that, this is the week that got to number nine and stayed at number nine for a couple of weeks. But let's look at the top five. And I, I can say I like, I can say I like all the songs, actually. Yeah, me even too. Number, all five. Yeah, Even number four. Yeah, I was going to say the same <laughs> thing. Even number four. <laughs> number five is free all right now. Uh, he was the first artist, by the way, the lead singer of Fru, Paul Rogers, used to go on stage with two microphones. And the reason he did that was in case one blew up while he was screaming his vocals. Number four was Carpenters, We've Only Just Begun. Three, I love the song. I don't know why, but I do Sugarloaf, Green Eyed Lady. Yeah, that's gr- I like it too, yeah. Oh, it's such a great song. Now, Number I, two. I love this one, sorry. I, do you really? Yeah, I love, love, love this song, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love, Okay. Full disclosure, you know I'm a big Neil Diamond fan. Yeah. Uh, number two, Cracklin' Rosie. Um, and number one, Jackson 5, I'll be there. And Tony, good news. Good news. Uh, Mr. Diamond has a new Christmas album coming out. Oh, so does he? He does. Double album. Oh, that's very exciting. It is. So that was the top five when the Kings were at number nine. But uh, still a good good top five, eh? Yeah, no, exactly. Now, we're going to be heading to October the 26th 
in Berlin, Germany, 1958. Let me ask you, do you view Bill Haley as a badass? <laughs> With that kiss curl? Like uh, Bill Haley was as, you know, as innocent and cuddly as they come, right? But Oh my gosh, yeah. He he was I so non-threatening. Well, exactly, <laughs> but uh we're going to talk about something that happened in Berlin, Germany invol- involving Bill Haley, so we'll be right back. So on our From Memphis to Merseyside radio show, our first episode was all about rock and roll's ground zero moment, which is widely considered to be Elvis Presley recording That's All Right Mama on July 5th, 1954 in Memphis at Sun Studios. So it took four years, a little bit longer than four years, for the first rock and roll concerts to be played in Germany. It wasn't until you know, around the 24th of October that Bill Haley played his first concert and then his third concert in Germany, October 26th, uh, 6th was infamous because of something that happened. And this was at the sports blast auditorium, 7,000 rock and roll fans turned out. And what happened, Aaron? Well, 7,000 rock and roll fans turned out and turned the show into a riot. Um, and I've seen, I mean, you go to YouTube, you can see film footage. I mean, they're sitting on the stage. They just tore that place apart. And um, about 500 students picked a fight with police. A hundred, hundred police officers were called in. Um, people were injured, five policemen, six students. It was a riot, eh, Tony? I mean, and, and not a good riot, a riot riot. Yeah, it was uh, crazy. And, you know, I, I was reading a lot about this because context is important, right? When you... Of course. Um you know, 50,000 Deutschmarks damage to the venues. That's a lot of dough. Um, but the West, Ber- the, the Germany, which was divided at this time, this is before the wall was up, though. Uh, the West Berlin Senate, they banned future rock and roll concerts. And the East German side, the headline was, you know, rock and roll is turning the youth of the land of Bach and Beethoven into raging beasts. Um but context is important. 1958 is not that far removed from the end of World War II. And Germany was a decimated country. And austerity measures were in place. And young people had a right to be angry. And, and I think rock and roll provided them with, with an outlet and at rebelling against all these norms from their parents' generation. You know, it, it was just a... a perfect cauldron for this to happen because because they were aware of what was going on in the rest of the world they were aware i mean even without social media that we have today they were still aware of rock and roll happening in america and england and and i mean they picked up radio sig- i mean I, I read a book about how they tried to block radio signals but mm-hmm. they couldn't you can't block radio signals not in 58 so these kids were well aware and you're right it was 14 years but war ended in 44 45 my history yeah. is terrible so, you know, these, there's, there's people there that were born during the war and you're right. It, 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 uh, it was a, it was a tinderbox. It was bound to happen. And it just, can I just say in a kind of a cheeky way, it's funny that it was in a Bill Haley concert of all people. Oh, exactly. Because that's, you know, I was, I was trying to set that up before segment two here is you don't think of Bill Haley as being the kind of guy that's going to incite a riot, do you? No. I mean, if you said it was Gene Vincent or Eddie Cochran or, yeah. Rick Nelson, I, I could, or Elvis, I could say, yeah, okay, fair enough. 
<laughs> Bill Haley. I mean, he was. He looked like your family accountant. You know. I mean, he <laughs> exactly. So here's his quote, though. Uh, he goes, you know, even in my wildest dreams. I would never have expected that my music would become so popular, right? Because Bill Haley had a hit with Rock, uh, Rock Around the Clock before Elvis Presley came on the scene. And you remember that it, uh, the film um, Blackboard Jungle, Jungle, yeah, which used Rock Around the Clock. And do you remember the riots in England? Yeah, that's right. When they were tearing seats out of the theaters and, and tossing the seats around. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I mean, this this guy is inciting riots, left, right, center. One of the, one of, I'm sorry to bring it back to the Beatles, but one of the funniest comments ever was John Lennon said, you know, I went to the movies to see Blackboard Jungle. I was expecting a riot and I'm ready to tear up my chair. And people just sat there and watched it. <laughs> so not, <laughs> not every screening produced a riot, but there were riots at yeah. Blackboard Jungle, which, by the way, have you seen Blackboard Jungle? Yes, yes. As a teacher, what did you, I mean, I love the film. What did you think of it as a teacher? Well, I, I can't get over how bold it is yeah it's true i it's so bold for its time yeah no wonder that spoke to a generation of youth and you know i i think the other thing to keep in mind here is and i respect police officers incredibly but i i've no doubt that security at this concert in berlin was probably you know these kids are walking in and they're, and they're scowling at them and uh-huh. and thinking like we don't want this to be happening and you guys had better not misbehave. You know what I mean? Like the whole situation is just being set up to, to explode. You get the sense, at least one of the things I've read is that when the kids got up to dance or do anything, they were like, sit down, sit down, you know, like it, it, um, it, yeah, you're right. So, but boy, did it explode. And again, it, it, poor Bill Haley, like the poor right. guys doing shake, rattle and roll or, you know, whatever. And people are, just <laughs> and, and it's interesting too, Tony, 58, wasn't that the year that Elvis went into the army? No, yes, he yeah, he went in in 58, came back in 60. But And he know, went to Germany too, did he not? He did. You know, that reminds me though, this whole situation reminds me of Alan Freed's concerts, especially the one he had in Boston when the police are like, if these kids don't sit down, like this concert's not going on. And, and you know, Freed had to walk out on stage and tell the kids to sit down. I mean, it was, the reaction to rock and roll was just so vocal. Oh, um, do you re- do you remember uh, Wink Martindale? Yeah, TV show host. He was also a DJ, and I have a bootleg uh, of a Beatle concert in I think it's Los Angeles or I don't know, but he's the the MC, and he comes out and he goes, "All right, the Beatles aren't coming out unless you guys stop screaming and sit down." Mm-hmm. Really, Wink? Really? <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, bud. So just simmer down. Let the, let the Beatles do. And how many? I mean, when when Alan Freed's riots really were caused by police trying to shut it down, weren't they? I that mean, they that's were, where the yeah. riot, yeah. I mean, just a shame. I love Alan Freed. We, we, you know what? We need to do a whole show dedicated to that man. I love him. Uh, me too. So let's take a look at the top five U.S. albums from October the 26th, 1958. And I noticed Mr. Presley's on there, so that's kind of cool. Did you also notice there are two number fours? Yes, Okay, th- this does not happen often, but they, there was actually a, there was no number five that week. There was a four and a six. So how does that the, like like just exact same number of units yeah. moved? Uh, units and radio play. So so number four. There's actually a tie. Elvis Presley, uh, King Creole, 
Number four, I love this. What's he tied with? He's tied with Tchaikovsky, Piano Concerto Number no. 1 by Ben Cliburn. Now, Tchaikovsky was known to having riots as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I could not resist that. Uh, number three, another man who was responsible for numerous riots, but not because, no, no, I'll stop now. Number three, Mitch Miller, Sing Along with Mitch. Uh, number two, soundtrack to The Music Man. Uh, there's trouble in Capital City. And number one, I have this. My mom had this album, so I grew up with this album, mm-hmm. Tony. Only the Lonely by Frank Sinatra, with one of the best album covers, par none, pre-Beatles. Just a great album cover. That and Elvis's first album. Yeah, exactly. Covers. Now, you know, it's it's, a, it's funny, right? In the late 50s and 60s, there's always, it seems like, some kind of musical theater soundtrack on these charts. And you know how much I adore musical theater. Oh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Full disclosure, folks, I hate musical theater and I'm not understating it. I um, I had, I was in at the high school yesterday uh, covering uh, the high school down the street and uh, I texted Aaron and I said, I have to watch Hamilton. I was covering a class and they were watching Hamilton and I was like, you know, please shoot me. <laughs> you know, Tony, you're a brave man. I, I can't, uh, I can't, um, no, I couldn't. I, I, first of all, I didn't know there was a movie of Hamilton. Oh, That's how honest I am. Painful. So I guess I better, Andrea, can you return the Hamilton t-shirt we got Tony for Christmas? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? This looks like a good time to move on to our next segment. (laughs) So we're going to uh, head to October the 28th, New York City, and we're going to be talking about the boss. So we'll be right back. So, Tony, we're in 1975 in New York City. It is October the 28th. And something really interesting happens here. There's an artist who makes the cover of Time and Newsweek for his third album. But this is this is the important part. Up until now, none of his albums have been successful. So he's he's put out two albums up till now. His third's released, and he makes the cover of Time and Newsweek. Who is that gentleman we are talking about, Tony? We are talking about the boss, Bruce Springsteen, and he's on the cover of both of those magazines because of his iconic album born to run which is a fantastic album isn't it that was i actually bought that album when i was 12 years 75 would have been 13 no tony what's i was 11 oh my gosh this is why i failed math uh i love this album born to run every single track and and um and what a what a breakthrough album and it funny story well, not funny story, but it made number three eventually in America, but it only made it to number 31 in Canada wow. and 36 in the UK. What a incredible statistic that is. But uh, it's probably because it's my first Springsteen album that I purchased. It's probably my favorite, but I mean, since then he's put out so many great albums. I mean, how can you say what's your favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Springsteen album or song? Oh, you know, I know, I'm putting you on the spot. Sorry. It is. You know, I mean, I, li- I like a lot of Springsteen stuff, but you know what song I really like is uh, Meeting Across the River. Do you know that song with the trumpet it solo on, on it? it? Oh, that's on Born to Run, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That is. Yeah, love that song. It love is such song. a fantastic song. It's just so different. Oh, well, I feel the same way about Candy's Room on Darkness on the Edge of Town. I love Candy's Room. It's yeah. just, 
I, I'm a, you know, I was so disappointed I couldn't get tickets for his Buffalo show because I've never seen Springsteen live, and I yeah, feel I this could either. be the, the last chance. But I'm not paying four hundred dollars, Tony, to sit behind the stage. I no, no, exactly. Uh, Jungle Land is another one that I absolutely love. Um, the the solo in the middle, the saxophone solo, Clarence Clemens. Uh, Clarence, he was the oh, the big man, eh? Yeah, and the friendship between him and uh, Springsteen was was fascinating you know you know clemens was uh drafted hey to be a football player did you know that yeah yeah, yeah. and he blew out his well, knee or something and decided he was doing music and yeah well in, in fact if i'm not wrong and if i'm wrong folks send me an email but i believe that clarence clemens was who was originally referred to as the boss by springsteen and that nickname the boss got tagged on to springsteen although he always referred to clarence as, as the boss or the big man and and uh i gotta i gotta tell you i first time i saw ringo Starr in 1989 at this all-star band clarence was part of the band oh okay so clarence and billy preston i mean can you imagine oh my gosh that it was what lineup. a show yeah yeah well two members of the band and joe walsh and ringo wow <laughs> wow but clarence did a song uh, called Friends of Mine, which was written by Jackson Brown. And uh, he just, he was just a thundering presence on stage. Just, and his, the joy that came, like Billy, like when Billy's doing his songs, you just got the sense of this man loves what he's doing right this second, you know? No, exactly. But, uh, love Springsteen. And I, I, I was going to say, one, one of my favorite songs by him is a song called Brilliant Disguise. Yes, that's another I'm, great I'm gonna, one. I'm going to put that on the playlist because that's a great song. Now, we have to talk about uh, his upcoming album because I watched uh, his cover of uh, Night Shift the other day and it's brilliant. Like Cynthia's yes. like, oh my God, is that Springsteen? And and I said, yeah, this is, it, it is brilliant. So he's got an, a, an album coming out on November the 11th and it's going to be called Only the Strong Survive. And it's a tribute to soul music. So it's going to be 15 covers of classic soul songs from the sixties and seventies. And uh, so far he's released, which ones do I love you? Indeed I do. And night shift, yeah. right? And both and are both, fantastic. Both, you know, it's, it's who would have thought, but, and, and what a pity that Clarence isn't here for this album. Oh. But, um, what it's, it's, and it's hard, I guess for me, it's hard because I feel like I'm getting old now. I can't believe it's his 21st studio album. Mm -hmm. um, boy, do I feel, no, no wonder I need a new hip. But it is um, going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. It's, it's, I was going to say, I'm going to take the day off work, but hey, you know what? I'm retired. So I can go out and buy it first thing in the morning and yeah. listen to it. That's what I'm going to be doing. And um, <laughs> I love in the video, the whole vibe that he's got going there, you know, with uh, like he's in the suit and, uh, you know, no tie and he's got the band with him up there. It's fantastic. The whole the whole packaging and the whole presentation looks amazing. Do you know, don't you think that, um, and I, I, he's, he's not the only one who does this. A lot of artists have done this, but he's, he's aged. And so he's paying tribute to what he loves, but he's doing it in a really, he's, he's looking great and he's tapping into stuff that meant something to him in the years gone by. And it's just beautiful. I mean, it's, it's almost emotional when I watch it, to be honest with you. Oh, exactly. Now, we're keeping things in the USA here for the chart. You've got the top five albums this week. So what was on there? Again, I, 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 you know what? I'm going to say four out of five. I own four out of five. Okay. I like four out of five. One a bit of film, but all right. Number five, Linda Ronstadt, Prisoner in Disguise. 
a great album. Mm-hmm. Number four, just a classic, classic album. The Eagles, one of these nights. I mean, what can you say, right? Number three, Jefferson Starship, Red Octopus, the one I'm not the biggest fan of. But yeah, that would be my, my view as well. But it's still, I mean, compared to what was coming out in 2015 last week when we did that chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's not go down that road. Number two, um, uh, just a treasure of an album, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. And number one, here's an artist, Tony, that I feel that we need to to talk about at some point more is John Denver and a great album called Windsong. Well, and I told you I've seen him live. I loved it. It was a great show. I, I, you're so lucky to have seen him live. I, yeah. I can only imagine. He must have been brilliant. Yeah, it was fantastic. The band was on fire too. And you've got uh, number nine, Springsteen was there with Born to Run. Yeah. And number eight was an album by George Harrison, which, you know, people forget that the solo Beatles were in the top 10 quite often in the 1970s. He had an album called Extra Texture, Read All About It. And uh, the hit single off that album is one of my all-time favorite George Harrison songs, a song called You. And it's just, do you know the song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a great it's just song. just a great, just the, the sax in that song. Oh my gosh. Kill now, you. I'm Kill hoping you. you're going to put that on the Spotify playlist, right? Oh, you know it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> hey, guess what time it is? It's uh, Memphis to Merseyside time. Yeah. Well, you know what? That would make a good radio show title. Yes. In fact, it is a radio show title, and we'll shamelessly <laughs> plug that after this break. But we'll be right back <laughs> with our From Memphis to Merseyside moment, and we're going to be talking about Mr. Uh, Presley this time. So stay tuned. So, Tony, you know I'm fascinated, I'm obsessed with charts. I love charts. And this is a story about Elvis Presley breaking a record in 2016, which, you know, you think to yourself, he's still breaking records in 2016. But this is a, a, a good one because he beat, he, he took over from Lady Gaga, Michael Bublé, and Madonna to become the, okay, you tell, what, what, was, what, what record did he break? He broke the record for the most number one albums by a solo artist. So he now was 13, 13 number one records by a solo artist. And he was previously tied. I, I'm kind of surprised by this. I knew she was popular, but Madonna was the, tied with Elvis with 12. I, I'm a little bit surprised by that. Well, she, she, uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of her music, but I will say she is probably one of the best marketers of all time in rock history. Like she is market, she's really marketed herself. Oh, well. she's brilliant, brilliant. She uh, is, yeah, she's a businesswoman, you know, without question. When I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, uh, they had the exhibit uh, Madonna's photographer who followed her her entire career. They had an exhibit of all those photos, and it actually I really enjoyed it. It was really interesting to see her metamorphosis over the years, but. I've, and, and this is a true story is I cannot look at Madonna the same way since being at your house last weekend and you showing me the trailer for the new Weird Al film um, <laughs> <laughs> because the, the portrayal of Madonna in that movie just killed me. I was laughing so hard with the well, whole. Well, and she must have given her permission for that. So that is, you know, good on her for having a sense of humor, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But boy, that was funny. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Elvis in 2016, he put out, they put out an album and it's one of his best songs, an album called the, the song called The Wonder of You. Um, and this album just, I don't know that anyone expects it to take off. There's a new Elvis album coming out in, in December and I'm hoping it goes number one. I'm, I'm hoping it will. 
you know what? I, I have a feeling it might with all the buzz from the movie. Yeah, I agree. And they're smart to release it. Not now because it would, it would just too much. The people are buying the soundtrack and, and the film is doing extremely well still. Yeah. So it's good to release the, the album uh, coming out in December. I think it's, I'm looking forward to it. And so, you know, we should talk a little bit about uh, our radio show and uh, we have a show called From Memphis to Merseyside. It is on Bombshell Radio and we've got our time slot now. It's actually going to be Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are taking a look at that very specific time from Elvis recording in the studio on July 5th, 1954, recording That's All Right, Mama, to John Lennon's passing at, in 1980, on December 8th, 1980. And that 26-year period is so fascinating. It is. And I just want to, and just to, just to add on to that, we're playing songs pre-1954, because on our first show, we're playing stuff from the 40s. Yep. And... and and after 1980, because we're playing stuff from the 2000s, because that time period impacted so much. And, um, and we're talking social change, history, music, everything. It's um, uh, so it's such, I'm so excited to do the show with you, first of all. And uh, we had our, I, I I love our first episode. I think it introduces the whole thing quite nicely. Yeah, me too. It was a, it was a total blast to record that. And. This podcast is going to be on Bombshell, uh, and it looks like it's going to be on Wednesdays. And once we know the time slot, we can advertise that as well. But as always, my friend, what a great road trip this was. Uh, We should give props where props are due. So the music for today's episode was written and recorded by Rick Denis. All of these sound editing and all that stuff is done here at the Bunker in Perth, <laughs> Ontario. I love giving a shout out to the bunker since I've I love the, the bunker. Nice. It's great. It's great. It's so cool. And the biggest prop of all though needs to go to the fans. Uh, we couldn't do any of this without having people listen so well we could but it would be kind of silly. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> our fans so much. So thank you as always for letting us into your headphones every weekend. Hopefully you'll keep doing that. And if you feel like you want to share about the show, please feel free to do that too. Because it's by word of mouth that uh, more people can discover our road trips. So. And you know what, Aaron? When the man is getting you down, which he does sometimes, what do you do? You got to keep on rocking. That's basically it. See you next time, folks. <laughs>